Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the last in the series of the Clinton Baptiste Paranormal Podcast. It's Series 6. It's Episode 42. And welcome to our Christmas special! Thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm here with Linda Pollock. You heard her saying ho three times. Yes. That's As is rude. the custom. As is the custom. Linda, what the bloody hell have you been up to? Oh, yeah, homework. So, I have now got a training course for work that I've got to do. You know, right. my uh, junior admin. Right. And uh, for the first time in many a year, I had a weekend marred by the knowledge that I shouldn't be having a good time. I should be doing my homework. Oh, God, what sort of bloody homework is it? Oh, just talking about admin and that, and different procedures oh, and theories and God. theories of admin, the theories of shuffling papers. Oh, my it's just God. Awful. I'm oh so God. glad that well, well done to you for doing that. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. I had to write 2,500 words on it. You don't know 2,500 words, do you? Hmm. I'm thinking of one now. Do you know what it is? <laughs> Now, <laughs> really, oh, God. You are psychic. I, yes, I am. Did you know that, I mean, I was never very good at doing me homework on yeah. time. You'd have a Sunday night. But occasionally I do dream, we are talking last week about dreams. I do dream that, oh, my God, I've got some exams yeah. coming up and I don't have And it's them. always a book you've not read or That's a room right. you can't find. I remember my friend Paul Natras, who only sit, recently, as someone pointed out, this name sounds like porn actress, Paul Natras. <laughs> It's not the first one I leapt to. Paul Mattress. Paul Mattress, I thought. Paul Mattress. Paul Mattress. Very Paul Mattress. <laughs> I remember when we did, uh, our, we did our business studies at college and the teacher said, I guarantee if you make notes of all these business books, you will get you know, top marks in his A-levels. And he just spent his whole time just rewriting the book out. Didn't even didn't even know what he was writing. And that was basically his revision of his homework for like six months, just rewriting the book out. And he got, as I did, an F for fail. An F. <laughs> for f***ing ridiculous. And I tell you what, the, the funny thing, you do something like business studies or, or economics or something like that, it's not very, it's, it's boring because it's not your money, is it? The moment you actually earn money and you've got to think about it, that's when it's interesting. Yeah. Who gives a f***? about profit and loss accounts. Until it's yours. Until it's yours. Yeah. That was very interesting, kids, wasn't it? Let's get on with something funny. Yeah. And 
we start oh, with... feeling stressed. Ta- yes, take a break. Fate and fortune, please, as we go to our problems straight away. Linda, no-one's got in touch with problems, so we have to turn to this. I've finally got the managerial job I've always wanted, but I am not coping. Oh. I'm so tired all the time, but I can't get to sleep at night, and it's been like this for months. I fret about my staff and worry what my boss thinks of me. Family life is suffering too. I do enjoy aspects of it, so I don't want to resign. Can manifestation help, says Dina, 37 of Leeds. Okay. Bloody hell, what a ray you of wonder, sunshine. You wonder why people don't write it. Normally she's a bit more caring than this. <laughs> Oh, what a oh, moaner. hard-nosed bitch. But yes, <laughs> Dina, you are a moaner. Bloody hell. The answer from Clairvoyant and modern-day fortune oh, teller... Stick Keith, a candle up yourself and, Keely and whistle Dixie. Yes, it's what it. she said. Stick a candle up yourself and whistle Dixie. <laughs> it all feels out of balance and you're trying too hard to be a people pleaser. That's true. Yeah. You have forgotten yourself in all this. You can't give from an empty cup. Quite right. <laughs> you are very capable of doing this job and doing it well, but you must look after yourself first. That way, you will have more to give to your work and family. Some boundaries need to be put in place. Start with boundaries for self-care. Create some boundaries in... Stop saying boundaries! Create some... Create some boundaries in regard to your input with staff. With boundaries, you are the best manager they have had. But unless you address this, you won't be able to keep meeting those standards. With boundaries, a good question to check is with yourself. How is this serving me? Ask your angels to help you address these matters too. And don't be surprised when you find that boundaries naturally sort things out. Just be in all seriousness. Be nice to this lady. Oh. What happens, because you've just started a job, yeah. what happens if you get there and it's just too much for you? What would you say, please, Linda? Well, uh, this is a classic case of be careful what you wish for. Finally oh, yes. got the managerial job I've always wanted, but I'm not coping. Right, here's the thing. I think sometimes you can wish too much for things and you imagine that it's going to be much more wonderful and much easier than it actually is. Yes. There's a reason why you have to work you say, yourself Isn't up she good? Go on. to these jobs sometimes. Yes. And yes. there's also a phenomenon, isn't there, whereby some people get promoted beyond their level of competence. That's it called may be the... You. What's that called? It's called the Peter Principle, yes. isn't it? I think you might be Peter in this scenario. So what I would say is, give up. Hey, <laughs> Give up? She shit at it. I thought you were going to say the and other thing. making her ill. I thought you were going to say something like... <laughs> Walk and run. Be free, my child. Really, give, give up. Give up, you crap at it. Oh, well, OK. And it's, also, it's making you boring. It's hard. No one's telling you this, dear. It's hard but fair. <laughs> Lovely advice. Keely Potts is saying, you know, ask the angels and, yeah. and start putting some boundaries in place. Slightly more down-to-earth advice from Linda. Accept your shit at it. Okay. Give up. Will my daughter... Now, this is... I'll tell you what this is. i got a feeling this is... Oh, God, this is Jane Wallace, who <laughs> does not about. Oh, Jane Wallace always gives an extra layer of detail she, to people's she stories. She does. That means that any problem is going to get worse and actually, <laughs> those people you're dealing with, they're shits. Well, it's almost like Jane Wallace has imagined half of the history yes. of these people. You get the feeling that maybe Jane Wallace is injecting some of her past experiences. Well, exactly. Exactly. Will my daughter return home? Potentially a great heading. Go on. My 17-year-old daughter was doing her A-levels but dropped out and although I then tried to set her up with an apprenticeship, she moved in with her boyfriend and his oh, family. bloody hell. She says my husband and I are oppressive because oh. we expected to get some qualifications. Well, you're wrong, love. <laughs> Will she come back to us and succeed? Says Jackie, 45, of Nuneaton, Warwickshire. Right. What 
does Jane Wallace say? I think your daughter feels really misunderstood by you at the moment. Oh, blame her. Her previous relationship was with someone who didn't treat her right and caused her so much stress. The new boyfriend treats her like a princess. Her boyfriend's family are really nurturing. <gasps> and don't put any pressure on her. You and they call a you a bitch behind they, your back. They think you're a bitch. <laughs> she will come back to her family, but it may take time. I'm going to be honest. Oh, have you not been up to now? <laughs> I have pulled the Empress card, which is associated with pregnancy. Pregnancy! <laughs> there she goes! Kill Throw, hell! Throwing the dynamite in. Oh my god, isn't that awful? I mean, that's the last thing she <laughs> wanted to hear. Yeah, pregnancy. <laughs> this may not be what you wish to hear at the moment, but you will be a happy larger family, family again. Happy, larger family again. Bloody hell! <laughs> What's a load of shit? No! When will we be rid of a nasty neighbour? Have you ever had a nasty neighbour? I had a terrible bloody neighbour. I had one that got sent to prison for hiring a hitman, but he always seemed such a nice whoa, guy. Whoa, 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 whoa! What happened there, my love? I don't know much about it. I was quite young at the time. Go I just on. noticed that he disappeared. He used to um, he used to drink a lot, and he was yeah. very uh, he was he, he was very um, gregarious. Yes. Um, uh, it turns out during one of his trips to the pub, he hired himself a hitman to get rid of a, a business rival, and was sent to prison as a result. This is growing up in Manchester sort of area, was yes. it? Oh, bloody hell. We, I was going to say nothing nearly as complicated as that, or hair raising as that. We just had a woman, you know when you live in a flat, who won't pay a service charge? <laughs> and that drove me oh. up the bloody wall. We had, when I lived in a flat, my first flat that I bought, yes. I was dead proud of it, but it's got to be said that um, although the interior of the flat was nice, right. the exterior, the communal areas were shit. Go on, yes, and you have to all contribute. Yes. Because no one would. No, exactly. I know, I and people were bouncing, you know, people, it, it would get freshly painted and I'd think, oh, finally, I'd have to yeah. rush people through to my flax, it's yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. Yes. And then within a week, people had like slid their bikes up the side, so it had a big stripe, black stripe where I the know. rubber of the bike had gone. I they know. didn't care. But there was one neighbour who had the smelliest dog oh. you have ever, I could smell when the dog had been through the corridor. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, like that, was it? And yeah. also, he was a bit strange. We used yeah. to call him the village person. Right. Because he had one of them handlebar tashes and he would insist on wearing, well, just trousers, no top, yeah. and a leather waistcoat. Oh, my God. And I would God. find him often. He said he was walking his dog, but I was on the ground floor flat. Yeah. And he did walk his dog very close to my windows. Oh, uh, the filthy... It sounds like Mr Rawlings. He's, <laughs> he's a little bit like that. Yeah. This lady who would not... Pay, I don't know, I'm whispering. This is about 25 years ago. She... I was always a bit. I thought she was a bit suspect, and she she always claimed that there'd been a leak in the flat, and I'm not paying. You know that you sort of thing. She'd been pissing on the floor. She could have been pissing on the floor, but I'm not sure what that's got to do with it. That could have been the leak in the floor. No, no, it was on her roof. Oh, unless right. she was lying on her back pissing <laughs> on. The... Christ. Anyway, she. I remember one day thinking, what does she do for a living? She's always in. And a bloke came downstairs and opened the communal door. And I think he pressed on all the buttons to she, get in. Was she a pro? Yes. No! And, and from the bottom of the stairs, heard him say... Maybe she had pissed on the ceiling. And maybe, maybe, that was, that was, maybe they paid extra for that. <laughs> but as he came in, I heard him say, how much? How much? You know, but I don't know. I don't know what her particular talent was. Seen a ghost up my family. Maybe it was that. I don't know. Hey! Let's get on with this story. Gosh, what a charming little vignette that was for you, dear it listener. Was, it was. It was a bloody nightmare. Can I recommend, if you do buy a leasehold flat, 
Don't. Don't, no. <laughs> if everyone's got a chip in, oh, it's bloody awful. Anyway, maybe We had some other neighbours who oh, uh, had the police round one day because they'd on. been burgled and they yes. tried to convince the police that the cat had let the burglar in. <laughs> Really? Yeah. That's a bit odd. To what end? What did the cat want from it? <laughs> some some treats. The cat kept trying to break into my house, to be honest. But you know really? what I like with animals? Yeah. It, I, I uh, came back from uh, from the bathroom one day to find it lying on my bed. But um, it went through the window. It was a monkey one as well. But oh, you don't want that, do they you? Were, they were they were fond of the old um, jazz bags. Oh, were they? Yeah. You do, so. you do find Maybe that. the cat was just trying to get some fresh air. The, I tell you what was another thing. Talking of leaks in flats, I'll never forget, um, I had a slight leak from my <laughs> toilet in the flat, in the <laughs> same flat. And there was a bloke, I felt so sorry for him, but he was so nice, he didn't want to say anything about it. I think he told me once, and I'd forgotten, I hadn't done anything about it. And when I saw him again... I'd been away and I came back the pods on. I said, how have you been? Peter, I think his name was. And he said, uh, yeah, not too bad. I, I, I did have a bit of food poison. And he said, uh, it was awful because I was, I was being sick in the toilet. And on the back of my neck, your, your toilet was dripping on the back of my neck. So I got it done after that. I thought, the yeah. poor, poor, poor Peter. Poor Peter. Not the poor lady upstairs. Put the it, was on, it was on the gate. Put the pee in. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, when will we be rid of a nasty neighbour? That's Here why we're we talking go. about that. That's it, yeah. I love my home, but our lives are being made a misery by my neighbour. Yes. He's inconsiderate, blaring music and yelling insults. We feel like prisoners in our own home. Can you see an end to this situation, says Amy, 38 of Derby. This is the problem, living so close to people. I've been watching you sitting on the toilet. That can happen. Yeah. Try and calm down these energy. This is Jane Wallace. She's so unbloody sympathetic. Mm. Try and calm down these energies by cleaning your house <gasps> from top to bottom. Oh, what you're suggesting is she's a mucky bitch. Yeah, and then burn sage to cleanse it and offer protection against his very negative and antisocial neighbour. Keep tourmaline close, but that will help too. However, <laughs> as much as you love your home, a new start may be the only answer. Move! Fucking <laughs> hell. A new place with a friendly neighbour will reduce your stress levels considerably. Yeah, but moving won't, will it? It's quite... It's No, exactly. I mean, also, it's a bit nuclear, isn't it? Just move out. Yeah, move. Just move. I don't really... I think in terms of... I've got to say... I'm going to say it, Jane, in terms of advice... Oh, one, I'm sorry about that. Now, let's get back to your ghost stories. No more problems for a little bit. We're going to go to the 100 Club from the other week when there were more of your live spooky stories. You, my love. What's your name, my love? Charlotte. Charlotte, make it good, Mallow. Um, Speak into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my friends and I went to um, train tracks where my other friend killed herself. Oh, uh, fucking hell. <laughs> sorry. Keep it light. Um, Keep it light, sorry. for Christ's sake. <laughs> anyway, we... <laughs> Please. Is this going to be horrible? No. It's weird. It's so. Uh, <laughs> we. What the gap between entertaining and shite? You mean? There's a game ever wider. <laughs> <laughs> so your friend, yeah. Go yeah. On. Anyway, we went to. Um... Happy Christmas, everyone. 
Yeah, go on. We went to get a coffee afterwards and we're talking about it. And, yeah, okay, um, that's nice. The window steamed up next to us. Go on. And the window got steamed up next to us. Fuck it was off. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> and then the words "sorry" were written on the window. <laughs> wasn't go. Ronnie Corbett? Was it by any chance? <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, just a second. If you have a hot coffee, the window will steam up, presumably. I don't know anything about physics, but I would say that's what happens. Was possibly... I'm just playing devil's advocate because you know I'm a believer. But did, was sorry on there already? Speaking to the microphone, man. It you wasn't, didn't notice but then it, it steamed up and then it was there. Did you and your friends shit yourself or...? No, we went, ugh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're all heart like that. That's what I like about you. <laughs> uh. Okay, and do you think it was a comfort? Was it a comfort to you, that, Milo? No, it was creepy. <laughs> creepy, yeah. Yeah. Try to sell it a, a little. <laughs> well, that's in the lead, unfortunately, at the moment. All right, you two. All right, I'll, I'll get you something. Please, come on. Anyone else? Something, a proper one. Yes, here we are, here we are. Louis, Louis. it's Louis, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, OK. Sounds a bit impatient. Okay, so, um... Oh, very confident. Go on. <laughs> Hello. So, me and my cousins growing up, we were sort of like nice really close. Nice and easy, slowly, slow down. <laughs> we were really close. Um, sort of like my mum, her aunt. Yeah. Sorry, no, no, my mum, her sisters. Me and all my cousins were really, really close with one another. And we used to go to visit my, uh, my aunt in. Is there a suicide in this? Can I just. <laughs> there's no suicide, there's no suicide. Okay, right. Okay, so we used to go and visit um, one of our. My mum's cousin in Lake Windermere. That, nice, nice. Yeah. I've been there, I've been there. <laughs> do you know oh, Lake, nice. Lake Windermere? Yes, I do, yes. In, it's beautiful, really, yes. really nice. Yeah. So we used to spend time there every summer. Every summer is nice, we, isn't it? We used to go there, um, and me and my cousins used to all sleep within the same room. Right. About four of us. About four of you in the same. But room. there was a spare room where some of my other cousins used to sleep. Good God. Jack and Matthew. <laughs> trying to encourage him, yeah. So, most summers, they would... Sorry, four of you in the one room, and there's someone in the spare, in a different no, room. Two in the spare room. Two in the spare room. Two in the spare room. And there was a... <laughs> there was a piano on the, on the top floor. There was right. a piano on the top floor. Yes, yes. And my cousin Jack and yeah. Matthew, they used to sneak up and they used to play the piano and yeah. used to try and scare us every Lovely time story. that we yeah, were... Yeah, play the piano, yeah. In, in, in summer. Okay, so... There was a stage where they ended, they ended up sneaking upstairs, playing the piano, came back stairs, and we were like, right, okay, someone's, a ghost is upstairs playing yeah. the piano. They said there's a ghost upstairs. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then we went there the following year, me, my cousin Sarah... My I feel cousin, like it's the following year already. <laughs> I feel you've done it in real me, time. Me, my cousin Sarah, and my other cousin Claire. Sorry, Sarah and Claire, Claire yeah. and, and Matthew yeah. and who were Matthew, at the top. Jack. Playing the piano. Tom, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> nice and quick now, nice and quick. So, we heard the, we heard <gasps> the piano hell. playing upstairs. What, you heard the playing? Yes, and then we knew that it was going to either be Jack or Matthew, so we right. ran directly into their room to find out if it was them playing it. Go on. And, and they were both fast asleep. So that piano was playing on its own one summer when nobody was upstairs and we all ran upstairs and nobody was there. Oh, 
That was three summers of you oh taking the piss. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Shite. Who's next? <laughs> I'm not, what do you do for a living? <laughs> uh, a, a manager for a housing association. Yeah. <laughs> and when you say, have to get together for a team meeting, uh, Louis, how long does it take you to... <laughs> the country's on its f***ing knees, mate. We need some productivity, don't f*** about. Like f***ing idiot. Right, who's next? You're not wrong, Clinton. What? Not You're wrong. not wrong at all. A good one. I mean, I'm going to be fair if it's a good one. A good one, a good one, a good one, a decent one. You, my love, these people from Croydon down here. No, 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 You're not from Croydon. No, I'm from Bromley, darling. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! I'm sorry, Bromley. Oh, so the no, Kensington so, so, of Southeast London. Southeast London, yes. Absolutely. So, no, it's not really, really brilliant, but it was. Uh, <laughs> my Re well, the, it's not no, stopped anyone else. The rest of it. Okay, speak into anyway, the microphone, man. At the end of my road, there yes. was a church. And Go the on. church was not. And there was a block of flats built. Inside and the church, yeah. My friend lived in this block of flats. Go on. And I'm talking to her. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Wait, if you tell the story, I'm laughing <laughs> at this person. It's that one laughing. Don't shoot me. Look at me. Look at I'm me. looking don't, at you. Don't look at them. <laughs> anyway. I'm talking to my friend, yeah. and she is literally, I'm standing there saying like, hi, how are you, blah, blah. And then from behind me... Go on. Says, what the hell are you doing? Yes. I said, I'm talking to you. And she was behind me, not in front of me, and she'd come out of the toilet. Who came out of the toilet? What do you mean? <laughs> she'd come out of the toilet, and I'm talking to this person that Oh, my like God, her. so behind her, her, someone came out of the toilet. It was another person, and it was where the font was, where all the christenings Good happened God. and everything, and it was a, a beautiful church. <laughs> just a minute. Can I just establish something? You were talking to someone, and in the background, the same person came out from the, of the toilet. No, I'm talking to who I thought I was, but behind me behind was you. the actual person. So I'm talking to this mirage, this ghost, this mythical being, and I'm talking, yes. having a full-blown conversation. conversation like we Radio are, yeah. 2 is yeah. in the background. Radio 2. Radio 2 was Was playing. it Steve Wright came in from the background? <laughs> I don't think he was alive then. This does beg a very serious question, I have to say. What the f*** are you talking about? <laughs> no, but I'm not being rude. Did anyone understand? Seriously. No. You were talking to someone and then she said, oh my God, and she was behind you? Or who was in the toilet? No, no, she seriously, 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 seriously. Oh, yeah. I'm talking like I'm talking to you now. Yeah. Well, I know you are, but you <laughs> no, shut up. like that. But she was there and she said, Excellent. what the hell are you doing? Because I'm doing? talking right. to her. Jolly good. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't bad, though, was it? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, come on. It made me laugh. <laughs> Anything else we can do? My spirits are very strong tonight. 
Anyone else got a really nice one? <laughs> this man here has got one. I nearly cheat myself. What's your name, my friend? Hold on. John. John. You knew that anyway. Is there a John in the audience? It's you. John. We've got Wallace and Gromit. Something about someone in a toilet. The coffee thing. Was that it? Oh, no, there was this... J Jimmy Savile, yeah. And John, please to steal it! Um, well, this is actually a true story as well, right? Well... Yeah, yeah. Go so, on! Uh, when I was about 12, 13 at school, some yes. of my friends, yes. we bunked off and we had a church and a graveyard next right. to the school. Promising, promising. And when we bunked off, yes. we did Ouija bulge in the graveyard. Ouija bulge, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ouija board. Speaking, oak. We've got speaking to this bloke on the Ouija board. The Ouija board. The Ouija yeah. board. You done the Ouija board, right? <laughs> yeah, go on. And we were chatting away to him, and we asked him how he got killed, etc. And then. We... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is a true story. Etc. Yeah, go on. And then yeah. we asked his name. We how asked what his name was. The Ouija board. He told us. He told us what his name was, and go then on. I looked behind me. And on the gravestone was his name. Oh. True. What was his name, child? Robert, but you knew that. Yeah. And how did he die, etc.? He was murdered. Is that what he said? But when you, but you did it on the Ouija board round the... I mean, it spelled it out, he didn't speak. No, he didn't What? Unfortunately, he's pulled the end out of your microphone there. Is it working? Oh, it's working John. again. Um, no, 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 he spelt it out. You know what a Ouija board is. <laughs> you know your stuff. <laughs> I'm one of this country's leading clairvoyant medium sag. I know what a fucking Ouija board is, mate. <laughs> I think that might have won it, don't you? not going to win any awards this podcast is it <laughs> i tell you what i'm going to do we've got this this oh bloody hell we've got this is a, a mono loco from from ricky there this is for you john i'll just take that i think I'm, i might give this to you because i thought that was quite a heartfelt story for you my love. don't want to be nasty and you two lovely ladies up there can have a Clinton Baptiste, I'm getting the word, T-shirt. <laughs> if I throw it, be careful. There we are, that's for you. Well, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Time now for an absolutely terrifying tale from Take a Break, Fate and Fortune. Does that say <laughs> spirit ripped off my eyebrow? Spirit. 
spirit ripped off my eyebrow. I'm looking at her fringe. I think you'll see it, it in a minute. You'll see it. Yeah, she's got a fringe that looks like an eyebrow. We got on with our spooks until things turned nasty. Scaring me for life by Charlotte Doherty, 45. If you Coming will. into the kitchen once one morning, I stopped in my tracks. There on the floor was a stack of remote controls in the shape of a cross. Did you do this? I asked my husband Andy, although I already knew it wasn't him. This was the, just the latest in a series of spooky goings on in our home in Bradford, West Yorkshire. Oh my god! <laughs> when Andy and I had first moved into the two. You know what? It might be spooky. Stop the music, gone. But I'd quite like that because I can never find the remotes, can you? I don't know how to operate the bloody remote. <laughs> I don't know how to operate the bloody remote. I've got spares, at least one spare for each of my remotes. Do you know why? Why? Because at certain points I've lost all of them. I bought an extra one, then they reappear. I have had Barry round a couple of times to watch the telly, and he said to me, "Whatever you do, look, I've got all the remotes." And he said, "I don't know what they do, any of them." Yeah. He said, "Whatever you, whatever you do, don't use that one." I said, "Why not?" He said, "It's a Mars bar." Because <laughs> <I d> <laughs> it's a pathetic joke. <laughs> Anyway, no, I don't really know what any of them do. Anyway, where do we get to? When Andy and I yeah. first moved into the two-bedroom 1950s bungalow, it sounds like a shithole, <laughs> 1950s bungalow in April 2006. It's very specific and unnecessary detail there. <gasps> unnecessary detail. Needless detail. There had been no sign of anything creepy. But when we'd been living there for about seven months, eerie things started happening. It began with the overpowering smell of lavender perfume in the bathroom. Then there could be worse. Then the TV began <laughs> switching on in the middle of the night and the DVD player would be turned around in its cabinet so the wires were facing to the front. Yeah. Or we'd be sitting in the living room when we'd hear pictures being thrown across the bedroom. Now, at our wits' end, in December 2009, we called in paranormal investigators. Oh, Christ. Oh. <laughs> Tonight. I'm picking up on lots of spirits here, said one of the investigators, Angela, as soon as she walked through the door. One is an old lady called Margaret, Barry's wife, <laughs> who used to live here. She's trying to get your attention to, to let you know she doesn't like your rock music. <laughs> and his jaw dropped. You are a shit. He often played the video game Guitar Hero, <laughs> blasting out Bon Jovi and Iron Maiden. Margaret says... Why can't you play Perry Como? Oh, for fuck's sake. He's it's off, Margaret. He's comophobic, that's why. <laughs> Angela said, Andy and I stared at each other. If American crooner Perry Como was Margaret's favourite singer, no wonder she objected to Andy's loud rug. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do you a deal, Margaret, Andy said out loud. I'll play Perry Como for you every night if you leave our stuff alone. Yeah. You've made her very happy, Angela smiled. After that, Andy played Perry Como every night for Margaret. Oh. Oh, no. Just giving in to it. Yeah, just giving in to it. And she kept to her side of the deal and stopped messing about with our belongings. Well, that's good. Then in January 2014, me mum Pat passed away. I was heartbroken. There's something written on the back of the bathroom door, Andy told me one day, a couple of weeks later. Following him into the bathroom, I stared in shock. There, written in my red lipstick, as if... As if someone else had read it, not me. Said, Pat loves you. Yeah, there's something written. I've just been in there. All right. There's something written on the back of the door in your <laughs> lipstick. I've I wonder, just been in there. I don't I know give, what it means. I'll give it five minutes, love. But after that, go in there. Pat, Pat. Hold on, your mum, your mum, isn't it? It's written with your lipstick. Oh, I thought that was missing. Right, carry on. <laughs> Pat loves you. 
I think Margaret wrote it for you, Andy, said gently. Oh, very good. Well, hold on just a minute. Wipe, wipe, <laughs> wiping the lipstick from his fingers. Yes. <laughs> it's a message from your mum. He said, spurn oh, it out unnecessarily. Bloody hell, yeah. That's when he came up with the idea of setting up a blackboard for Margaret to write <laughs> on. Oh, it was Andy's idea, was well, it? All right, hold on. Don't be so negative. Andy nailed one onto the kitchen wall. Are you happy with the Perry Como songs we are playing? He wrote. When we got up the following morning, we checked the board. Now, if it's any ghost <laughs> worth their salt, there should be a crying cactus on there first. Yeah. That's what you want to see. A big comedy penis. That's what everyone does. Anyone would have done that, wouldn't they, with stuff coming out the end? <laughs> uh, yes was written in tiny letters next to Andy's question. Andy started writing more questions on the black... Do you think she went to bed before Andy? Yeah. I'll just tidy up downstairs. Where's that chalk? <laughs> Uh, he started writing more questions on the blackboard, which Margaret replied to. Does anyone else visit us? He wrote one time. Ellen came the answer. That was Andy's grandma. Ah, <gasps> there you are. Then one day, reaching for a cigarette, I noticed a couple were missing from the packet. Who's taking the six? Andy wrote on the blackboard as if he didn't know. <laughs> Spongy. I don't know, but Andy needs more blowies, came the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> By morning, Archie... What's this? By morning, Archie... was Archie again? By morning, Archie had been... Oh, that's it. Archie! He's nicking the cigs, is it? Archie, yeah, that's right. He's all nicking the cigs. By morning, Archie had been scrawled on the board. Archie was my granddad, Andy told me. I never met him, but he was a heavy smoker. Oh, my God! He's not even got a mouth anymore. Where's he putting it? When I got pregnant, I quit smoking, so Andy wrote... No six will be here on the board. It seemed Archie was cross that his fag supply had dried up because the writing was scribbled out. Oh, my God! <laughs> Our son, Adam, <laughs> we should have called it Lambert Butler, was born in January 2015. When he was a few months old, Andy heard a woman's voice gently saying Adam's... Andy heard this again, did he? Yeah. He heard a woman's voice gently saying Adam's name over the baby monitor. I never heard it, but Andy did. Often, oh my God, and often there is a picture of the one with her eyebrow ripped off, <laughs> which we'll come to in a minute. Bloody hell. <laughs> Bloody horrible. And also we saw a shadowy figure flicking past the periphery of our vision. But we were happy to live with our friendly girls. Until one night in February 2019, I was woken by a burning ses- sensation in my right eyebrow. I yelled, sitting up. Andy turned on the bedside light and clapped his hand over his mouth. Almost in faux surprise. (laughs) Charlotte, it's really nasty, he gasped. You must have scratched yourself in your sleep. It feels a lot worse than a scratch, I cried. The pain kept me awake all night, and the next morning when I looked in the mirror, my whole eyebrow was matted with dried blood. We tried to clean the wound, but over the next few days, it kept opening up. Andy took a photo of my eyebrow, which you can see in this magazine, then looked at the picture through a magnifying glass. (laughs) Why? Why? I don't believe it. Your whole eyebrow's been ripped off. Now, I just want to stop the music. Andy's the one making all these observations, have you noticed? Can I ask you something? An eyebrow doesn't rip off, does it? An eyebrow, it's not like a fake one that comes with a little bit of plastic. It's its a series of hairs. You don't you just rip... It has to be plucked out. It has to be plucked out one by one. It doesn't come off like a strip. 
does it? The whole thing's been ripped off, he gasped. But only after looking through... <laughs> only looking through a magnifying glass at picture. Yeah. I mean, you can see the picture here. It looks bloody awful. Sure enough, when I looked at the... Mag- I don't know, I think I need a magnifying glass. I might need a magnifying glass to see that. Sure enough, when I looked at the magnified picture, there was no hair where my brow should have been. Just a gaping, jagged wound where it had been sliced off. Oh, my God. Ah! I burst into tears of shock... And horror! Oh, my God. This was no... Hang on, where is it? This wasn't the work of Margaret or Archie. This was an evil entity in our home, and it had violently assaulted me. I was on strong painkillers, including morphine, following surgery to... Hang on, this has escalated. Yeah. Following surgery to amputate my left leg below the knee in 2010. What? Why? We well, just threw that one into the mix. Now that, I mean, it's one thing to have your eyebrow wrapped, but you wake up one morning and your knee needs amputating. The drugs must have numbed the pain, meaning I hadn't woken up as soon oh. as the attack began. Whoever has done this to Charlotte, leave her alone, Andy ordered furiously, yet again inserting himself into the situation. Yeah. Why is this something about her leg? turned off. So was, I don't know. Oh, and the Ooh. fact that she was on heavy, heavy medication. Oh, this is horrible, isn't it? Each night it would rattle pictures on the walls and throw cups and bottles against a radiator to make loud clangs. We tried ignoring it, but that just made it even angrier. Then one night I felt a sharp blow to the side of my head. You hit me, I told Andy, shocked. Ouch. Me too, Andy winced. <laughs> In desperation we put away anything the entity could throw at us, but it carried on plaguing us, banging the headboard and tapping on the side of the bed. On Andy's side, was it? <laughs> yes. Thankfully, my eyebrow has grown back, but I've been left with nasty scars, both mental and physical. We're terrified and confused. It's like we're living in a in a horror film. Are they with... trying to get rehomed or something? What is going on? I don't believe any of this. Look at Andy's face there. Andy knows. Yes, Andy knows. <laughs> we think the sinister entity is some sort of poltergeist harassing us yeah. and then feeding off our fear. The more scared we are, the stronger it becomes. There are lots of friendly spirits in our house that we rub along with perfectly well, but the evil spirit is something else. We've come close to putting the house on the market, but Andy has adapted it for my needs, and anyway, it's our home. Why should we be forced out? All we want is to be able to live in peace and get a good night's sleep without worrying we're going to be attacked in the dark. You say we, it's always you, and uh, only Andy is there. Yeah. Leave that dangling. Yeah. Well, I think it's, for me... What spoils it slightly is the ripped-off eyebrow. I, they don't rip off like that eyebrows, no, love, do they? No. I think she hurt herself somewhere, but it does look horrible. Or she had one of them eyebrows. She has them removed. You know, some people have them removed and they have a sort of big, thick... It looks... Or it could be a chemical burn. Do women have that to what? Well, I mean, she might have put something on her eyebrows. I think so. I don't know. It just looks... <sighs> I'm it looks, not. It's the, the whole, whole story thing, is bollocks. Let's the be whole thing is, and I'm I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to say I'm 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 not buying any of that one. I'm afraid. Sorry. We've moved, but Andy's changed the house, so we, we might yeah. stay. We thought it was, honestly... I, when I started it, I thought it was potentially quite scary. However, this is scary. Yeah. It's part two of my stories with the Beefeaters mm-hmm. at the Bloody Tower of London. Thank you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I have been granted access to the most incredible place. This, what's the name of this town, please, Dan? Uh, this is the um, Bell Tower. We're in the upper Bell Tower. And Elizabeth I was kept in here by Bloody Mary. She was, yeah. I, no one else is allowed in here, but Dan has just showed me this. Elizabeth I was kept in. He said, come round the corner here yeah. and just tell me what we're looking at now. Well, we're now looking at a toilet. We're looking at a, a marble toilet that looks like any other. It's got a cistern. Yeah. Uh, but originally, when Queen Elizabeth, or when Elizabeth I was held in here, yes. this was just a hole in the ground. There was nothing there, just yeah. something to pack up bum over yeah. um, and everything all the business would have gone down to the floor into a bucket and then a yes. young boy would have emptied the bucket a couple of times a day yes um, but um, during the second world war on the orders of Winston Churchill get this everyone this toilet this room this very small room was, was made into this porcelain toilet yeah. um, for a very special visitor uh, when we captured Adolf Hitler yes he was going to be imprisoned in here and this is Hitler's toilet Unbelievable stuff. This is too good for him, the bastard. Look at it. Okay, thank you very much. Hitler's toilet. Dan is going to regale us now about the executions. Hold on to your hats, folks, because this is going to blow your mind. Okay, folks. Um, this is where 
private executions would take place inside the Tower of London. Right. We're now standing on Tower Green. Most executions, most beheadings happened outside the Tower up on Tower Hill. Yeah. Um, the first execution outside with the public was in 1381 and the last one was in 1747. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, Clinton, executions up there yes. on Tower Hill were so popular that in 1465 they built a permanent execution site. Really? And that came, yeah, yeah, that came with its own seating area and its own standing area. Well, it sounds like me when I get on stage at the 100 That's, Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah, seeing yeah. A, a, an early death, yeah. Yeah, 30,000 people watching you die on stage. How many would <laughs> go up there? About 30,000, 35,000. 35,000? Yeah. Now, this, you have to remember that this was a day out. This was a, yeah. you know, there was no entertainment, so we didn't have any Wi-Fi. No, no. Uh, we didn't have any television. No. Um, you had to make your own enjoyment, and that's what their enjoyment would be. Yes. And that's why you would get so many people out. Bloody You would hell. have, you know, you would, you'd, you'd, you'd take the family. Yeah. It would be a family day out. You'd take your wife and you'd take your children. Because you'd get food and wine and beer. You'd be entertained. I mean, I'd have taken my mother-in-law just in yeah. case there was a... A chance. A chance, you know. Yeah. Get up there, Jake. Audience you know, spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now just people Amateur night. People go to Blue Water now. I don't know what's worse. Getting your head chopped off and spending the day there at TK Maxx. Go um, on. So on this green... So on this yes. green here, six yeah. people were executed here and three yeah. of them were queens of England. Queen Anne Boleyn yeah. uh, in 1536. Yes. Queen Catherine Howard in 1542. Right. Uh, that was the second and fifth wife of Henry VIII. Yes. And Lady Jane Grey, the uncrowned queen of nine days, who was only 17 years old when she died, were executed. Here. Poor cow, yeah. Now they're buried in the Chapel Royal of St. Peter Ad Vincula there. Yeah. That's where they're buried Good in that building there. It's locked up now, so we, we won't be able to go in. Right, okay. Uh, but we will another day. Okay. Now we hear stories of Anne Boleyn. Yes. Coming across this green, floating across this green. Ghostly Ghostly apparitions right. of, of, yes. at night of a figure seen of a lady in a dress with a head under her arm. Good God, right. And we believe that to be Anne Boleyn. And yes. the reason we believe that to be Anne Boleyn is because when she was executed, yes. they hadn't thought about what to do after the death. Yes. They hadn't, they hadn't organised a coffin or anything. Yes. So apparently the body was left there for a couple of hours. The ladies in waiting tried to do something. They tried to, you know, tried to bring it back to life, maybe, I don't know. Yes, um, bit difficult. A bit difficult. But one yeah. of my older colleagues, a Yorma Mordor, went off to get a box, and it was an arrow box. And it wasn't big enough to to fit the whole body in. It got the body, Yes. but you couldn't put the head on top. OK. So the Yorma Mordor put the head underneath the arm. And that's why and that's she walked. Oh. That's why we see her here with her head underneath her arm. Bloody hell! Now you're about to tell me something that's really going to knock me the socks off. And we've got visual evidence of this, haven't we, Dan? Have <laughs> we? The one you showed me, the photograph. Oh, the photograph. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, Jesus Christ! Talk about <laughs> talk about ruining it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what I forgot. Terrible memory. Remember all these dates. Makes me wonder whether you're making the whole thing up. <laughs> So, um, a colleague of mine was here Jesus uh, looking at the memorial. So we've got a we've got a memorial. It looks like a coffee table. Uh, it's, a, yes. it's got a pillow on it. It represents where uh, the the victim would have put their head. Yes. Before the axe came down and, and and separated it from the body. Yes. Now a colleague of mine was up here talking to some people uh, yeah. only only a couple of days ago, um, and. They asked if this was where Anne Boleyn had been executed. He said yes. Another lady jumped in and said she'd been here before yeah. and she'd taken a photograph of this. Yes. And there was that apparition, the face on the pillow. That Le I ladies and gentlemen, we for those Patreons who pay for this, Dan is very kindly going to forward me the photograph. For you people who paid, you will see Anne Boleyn's head 
on what is a sort of uh, ornamental. Well, what is it? It's a. It's, it's a, like it's, a glass pillow. It's a glass pillow. Yeah. And that what would you call it? A shrine, a, a, a dedicated uh, yeah, site. Yeah, a, a memorial. A memorial is the word I couldn't think of. And you will see Anne Boleyn's actual head on this glass pillow. Ladies and gentlemen, that's only for you wonderful people who pay for this. Dan, that's absolutely spooky. And I believe you've got one last story, one yeah. which is going to scare yeah. the shit out of you. Lead the way. And finally, we come to, well, just straight from the horse's mouth. This is Dan's own spooky experience. Just briefly tell us where, what we're looking at, please, Dan. So, Clinton, we're now looking at, um, did you see the curtains moving? Yeah, I did see the curtains. Oh, and the spooky, sp- uh, spooky face spooky up there. Spooky face up there. Yeah, that's an old, yeah. oh, that could be a ghost. It looks old. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Oh, no, it's AJ's mother-in-law. Oh, OK. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> so this is the old hospital block. Um, it used to be a hospital. Uh, yes. That's why it's called the old hospital block. Yes. And we would have had uh, patients in there from the sec- uh, First and Second World War. Right. Um, you can see it is slightly different colour on the left-hand side because it was actually hit during the war, okay. uh, during the Blitz, uh, yes. and rebuilt. But I used to live on the very top floor above that spooky face that you can see. The, yeah, I used to live above spooky, there. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I spent about six months in there, and one night I went to bed Yes. Uh, just normal, went to bed. My wife was with me. She got into bed with me. Lovely, lovely. And, uh, yeah, she's a lovely lady. Lovely. And I, t- <laughs> and I took a glass of orange juice. It's a normal, sort of tall glass a of orange juice. A normal glass of orange yeah. juice, yes. And I put it on the bedside table yes. next to me and went to sleep, turned the lights on. Yes. At 10 to 2 in the morning, Yes. I was woken up by the sound of a glass falling over and yeah. the bedside light coming on. Right. And when I rolled over and looked at the bedside table, Go on. the glass was three quarters empty so there was only a drop of orange in the bottom yes. the orange was all over the table and the bedside lamp was on right and I just can't explain that did you say to your wife if you wanted some oranges you could have had your own she, she was trying to reach over me that's one explanation yes but I just don't know what was going on now apparently yes there used to be a doctor who worked in there we would have had um, German prisoners in there right uh, convalescing and apparently there was a doctor called Herman yes Herman the German yeah, and apparently partial he, to orange juice. And he likes a bit of orange juice, and apparently he still knocks around in there sometimes. So it could have been Herman the German uh, trying to communicate with me. Do, what, do you think no he was, what do you think he was saying? Could I, you know, I, I've got a lack I of like citrus. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer blackcurrant next time. Did your wife, I mean, surely, did you say, look, you've, you, you must have accused her of going for your orange no, juice? No, she was on the other side of me, so no, she wouldn't. No. Was I she awake? Think, was she asleep? No, she woke up when I woke her up. Really? And the light went on and the glass turned over, yeah, yeah. But the glass being back upright, yeah. I don't know how it's knocked over and, and come back up again. So I don't know if you could shed any light on that, if you've got any... I... anyone speaking to you right now? Speaketh unto me. Speaketh? No, nothing. <laughs> Dost thou want orange juice? <laughs> Dost thou? No, they're not saying anything. They're not, no. Maybe speaks German. Dost his fantasies orange juice? No, <laughs> Jason. Anyway, don't matter. Well, that was very, very spooky. Yeah. Um, but it did shit you up, and you came out and you said, "Look, I'm not living there anymore." But you were convinced by that, were you? <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. joking aside. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I have no journey. explanation for it. Well, Dan, this has been a bloody pleasure. I want to You're thank welcome. you so very, very, very much, welcome. and I will be coming back. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, it's it's Dan Benson. He's an absolute hero. They're coming back to the Hundred Club. All the beef eaters. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you want to come, you people don't forget. It's uh, January the twenty eighth and February the eleventh. Fading Neil. Thank you, sir. Fading Neil. <laughs> Thank you.
do not forget if you are and I'm, I'm hoping you all are Patreon members. You can see the actual scary photo of Anne Boleyn. This is true, the ghost of Anne Boleyn. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Clinton Baptiste. What a fantastic thing that was. Absolutely loved it. Now, this is a rather nice story, which I thought we'd have for Christmas. You know, just to be a little bit more positive. And it's simply this... A heavenly copper. Mum and I had a tradition which she carried on after she died by Sharon Carey, 43. Plonking her bag down on the table at Costa Coffee, Mum reached into her purse and pressed a fiver into my hand. Go on, Shaz, my treat, she winked. Costa Coffee costs more than five pounds. No, no, I, oh yeah, that's right. Oh my fucking God. Very expensive. I smiled. It was the same every time. My mum, Margaret, 72, and I would meet in Runcorn Town Centre, where mum would insist on buying me a coffee. I've been there to Runcorn. I'm going to tell you about it in a minute. But didn't give me enough money to buy us both one. Impore <laughs> <laughs> these people! Before I'd push her around the shops in her wheelchair. Oh. It was always a fiver she gave me, and if she didn't have one, she'd get in a right flap. Mum loved hitting the shops. She could go at it all day. <laughs> and to the shops. Now, very quick, to just Turn it off a second. I was in Runcorn recently. Yeah. I just want to tell you something. Has anyone been to Runcorn? I stayed at the... Basically, when I go and do my spirit readings, I was at the Brindley Theatre in Runcorn. A fantastic gig. The Giggle Shack run it. The fella called Colin Havey. If you're there, Colin, thanks for a wonderful, wonderful gig. I was on with Justin Morehouse, another fellow whose name I can't remember. I'm terribly sorry. But it was a great gig. Anyway... My agent said to me, they're not providing accommodation. Would you book your own accommodation? Now, me being a bit of a skinflint, I thought, how bad is it going to be? Oh! How bad? And what I'm going to do is, I'm going to turn up, I'll do the gig, I just need somewhere to rest my head for a few hours and I'll be on the first train at seven o'clock in the morning, right? I stayed at the... Now, I don't know whether anyone's aware of this place. Campanile? Campanile? Oh, yes! I've stayed at one of them. Oh, I stayed my. at one of them in Liverpool. God almighty! We ended up leaving a day early. Yes. We've had enough of that. Yes! It's one up from a hostel. It's not... It's... It sounds posh, given that oh, it's got, like, a French Christ. name. It is, and they all, they go by the... And it says, do you want to dine in our restaurant tonight? And you think, oh, it's going to be all French fan. And the people who wear the outfits, and they're perfectly nice, the staff, I'm not going to go to the staff, wearing these sort of, what are they call a Breton-style yeah. shirt. I thought, oh, well. Anyway, this place, my God, it was really dirt cheap. I've got a feeling it was not, not 50 quid or something like yeah. that. And I thought, I came out of the station, I went over there, I thought, oh, you must be joking. It started to rain. It was all, you go on these sort of stairs, like, it was like sort of student accommodation. It was like a sort of a holiday camp accommodation. Like, you know in an American film in the 50s where someone goes on the run and they stay in a place that's just got a bathroom. Like a motel. A motel type mm -hmm. thing, but without the, the nice warmth of America. Freezing, pissing down with rain. Horrible sort of concrete, um, pebble dashed sort of thing. And I went in there and I thought, oh God, this is horrible. It doesn't matter. I go and do the gig. Anyway, I came back from the gig and first of all, I walked the wrong way. It started raining. I started walking the, ro the wrong way up a dual carriageway back to this hotel. Poor, I was dripping wet thinking, come on, mate, you're 55 now. Why didn't I get a cab? Too stingy. Too stingy to get a cab. Got in this place, up the stairs, lugged my suitcase full of my costume and props and all that. Got up there, got into bed, 
pulled the duvet over. It was wafer thin, the duvet. <laughs> wafer thin. I thought it's got to be a... You know, sometimes you go to hotel, they've got extra blankets yeah. or something. Couldn't find it. I got two towels from the bathroom. Oh, you were cold. I was freezing That's cold. The worst. I couldn't get the bloody heater to work properly. I couldn't put on my jumper because it was completely wringing wet from the rain. I was cursing myself on out. And you know what you mentioned the other day about you go to a hotel and it smells of the previous yes. occupant. Underneath, I've no doubt that the cover had been cleaned, but I could smell the wafer-thin duvet <laughs> underneath. I've never been so disgusted with myself, apart from anything. I mean, honestly, spend some money on a hotel, yeah. particularly when you get to over 50. Treat yourself. Have you stayed in a shit yes, hotel? Yes, I bloody have. My sister organised for us to go to see Take That in London. This is not... This is where you went to Luton, isn't it? Yes! I've heard this three times! Oh, oh my bloody God. hell! But that was one of those hotels. So, anyway, short, long story short, too late, um, we ended up being on this bus and it was full of people from up north who didn't realise that Luton is not London, right? right? So, with this trip, go and see Take That, it was supposed to get a London hotel. It yes. was not. It was in Luton. Right. And when we got back to the hotel, I left on the pillow and I could smell the oh, breath that's... of the previous <laughs> also the remote control was in a plastic bag it was one of those places right where they did not trust you to wipe your bloody I, hands I do not like to touch those remote controls it was you don't horrible. know where it's been basically you? there was us the, our coach trip was in there and I suspect yeah. it was used by Yes. Lower class sex workers, because no one was sleeping in those rooms. It was too horrible. I think right. they were just a convenient place to bunk up. I am not saying that the Campanile in Roncorn is a place where prostitutes <laughs> go, but it could be, couldn't it? You, it probably, if it's a cheap rent, it might be. No feels just somewhere better than a back alley. We simply don't know at this stage, but I felt very deserted. No one around. I thought I'd be bloody kidnapped at any second. It's as if people did not usually stay the night. Is what I mean. I was tempted not to say the oh, problem. And I got, I got the mind. I said, I said, guess what I'm going to say? I said, the, the, the duvet is so thin, I was freezing cold. And they went, all right. I said, do other people say that? Yes, we have heard that before, they said. Yeah. So why are you on, on the few people about? who stay more than an hour in oh, that room, yes. Oh, God, it was so depressing. Anyway, sorry, that was a nice thing to talk about. But remember this time of year that our Lord was born in a stable. Oh. Anyway. Also, a little shout out to sister sex workers. Please ask for nicer duvets. You yeah, deserve that's better. Right. That's, this is not slagging those people. Anyway, where do we get this? Look, you go all day at the shops in Roncorn, but not that hotel. You couldn't go all night in that bloody hotel. <laughs> so when, one Saturday in September 2017, she seemed breathless, this is the mum, yeah. and asked me to take her home after an hour. Oh. I knew something wasn't oh, right. No, oh, no. bloody hell, go on. Uh, mum could, couldn't walk because she'd had chronic obstructive pulmonary disease for 14 years oh. and it was getting worse. That would be the breathlessness then. Yeah. Not long after, my dad Malcolm called to say Mum had been taken to hospital. Oh, she died that afternoon, age 72. Happy Christmas, everyone. Oh, I was totally cut up. As the months wore on, I plodded on as best I could, but I missed Mum so much. People kept telling me she'd gone to a better place. Than Roncorn, yes, easy. Stockport. Not the Campanile. <laughs> but I'd never been a big believer in the afterlife. <clears throat> months passed, and before I knew it, I was coming up to the anniversary of Mum's death. How about a coffee in town, I suggested to Dad, agreeing to meet at his favourite cafe, Sue's. It seemed a fitting way to remember Mum. Surely as... it should have been Costa. Well, yeah. I, well, the, the, it's too expensive. She only had, had a fiver. <laughs> it seemed a fitting way to remember Mum. As I headed over there with my daughter, Tia, 12, 
I felt a lump in my throat as we approached the branch of co-op funeral care where Mum had been... This is cheery at Christmas. Where Mum had been taken after she died. Just then, right, my phone rang. It was Dad. Change your plan, he said. I'm in Costa. Mum's favourite coffee shop. Oh, my fucking God. That's strange, I frowned, carrying on towards the funeral parlour. That's when I spotted something on the grass. Go on. A turd. No, a five-pound note. <laughs> That'll get you a night at the Campanile in Roncorn. <laughs> Go on. I don't believe it, I croaked, showing it to Tia. This must be off Nanny or out of some poor old lady's <laughs> pocket. She wanted to treat me to a cappuccino. <laughs> As we stumbled into Costa in shock, I clutched the note tightly in my Three hand. of them now are going to be drinking off this five, are they? Get nothing for that. Was it really a sign from Mum? No. I was about to brush it off as a coincidence when I realised yeah. what music was playing. Yes. It was John Legend, All of Me, brackets, loves all of you. How does that go? All of me loves all of you. But not quite enough to buy you a full coffee between the three of you. You can watch one of you drink a cup of cappuccino. Dad, listen, I said, tears filling my eyes. Mom's favourite song. Now, that is nice, isn't it? We played it at her funeral. I chose it because she said it reminded her of me. That's lovely. The sceptical type, Dad just smiled. Even when I flashed him... Hey, even when I oh, even when I flashed him the fiver. I was going to say, you don't see that in Costa all the time, do you? That's lucky. You can get yourself a coffee now, just you, selfish coffee, he grinned, not realising the significance. It's been nearly three years since Mum passed away, and now I'm open-minded to spirit. She sent more signs, but buying me a coffee that day was the best. I think that's lovely at Christmas. <laughs> It's a lovely Christmas, Christmassy one, as, isn't it? As that story was a three hundred pounder, she can maybe treat herself again. Absolutely. Now, this afternoon, before Linda got here, someone got in touch with me with this spooky story. His name's George Webb. If you would please. Hi, Clinton. No mention of me. Love the podcast. <laughs> Very spooky and informative, which is a rare mix. I felt compelled to tell you my spooky story. Lovely. In the early noughties, I went on a business trip to the White Mountain National Forest in New Hampshire, USA. Lovely. After a long drive from Boston into the mountains, there was a choice of accommodation in either a chalet or at a hotel down the road. I decided to go for the hotel rather than share a room with work <sighs> colleagues. As we drove up, it dawned on me that I'd made a mistake and I got a sinking feeling. The hotel could only be described as literally something out of The Shining. Yeah except it literally wasn't. Yes. The hotel is called the Mount Washington Hotel and is an imposing building, essentially surrounded by wilderness. All right, come on. Get on with it. The hotel had an aged, fallen-from-glory type vibe. A large reception area, lots of spooky paintings, even one of those cage lifts, and I kid you not, an elderly spooky bloke operating it. All the long corridors were slightly sloped and there were loads of large mirrors and paintings that people with stern faces. It literally did feel, literally again, like a haunted hotel, or at a minimum, a film set depicting one. My room had two four-poster beds in it, excessive large radiators, and literally, curtains drawn made it look like someone was literally behind them. A spooky large bathroom with a roll-top type bath, etc., yeah, I need All the paintings and fittings were, in a word, spooky. The only room 
relief was that the telly, which I basically kept on in the room to anchor me, uh, had a bit of reality to it. The view out the window was literally open countryside and so pitch black at night. At dinner in the basement area, oh, specific, I had to let slip that I found the place spooky. Get on with it, man! And this was a red rag to the bull to my friends and colleagues who began, of course, to take the piss. Oh. Not only that, but the waitress got wind and proceeded to inform me that... Uh, who likes that? The waitress got wind? <laughs> that's not very nice when you're eating in a restaurant. <laughs> No, that's that's really horrible, isn't it? In a in a in a sort of kitchen environment. Linda farted. Oh, in the come kitchen. on! <laughs> for, the, for the last one this series, we won't do that again. Go on. Pretended to inform me that the hotel was indeed one of the most haunted hotels in the whole of the USA. Well, get on with how, what was haunting the. F- Thing, and yes, you guessed it, unprompted part of the inspiration for The Shining film itself. Yes, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like when we tell the Americans we all know the Queen. Everyone says it. Over the two nights I stayed there, there was literally banging on the walls and various phone calls with voices and noises. Both of these could be explained away by someone I knew in the next room and other people ringing my room from the chalet to shit me up. Here we go. Here we go. At long last, at long last. But there was one incident I couldn't explain. In the very early hours of the morning, I woke needing a pee and immediately felt a presence, literally, as I made my way to the bathroom, like I was being watched in the dark. As I turned on the bathroom light, I felt a hand stroke my sack uh, back. It was the most chilling thing ever. I whacked on the telly immediately. Golf channel. So you say. I got myself together. When it came to leave, I was a bit more confident asking about the history and hauntings. Hey. I was told that the princess haunts the hotel. She is the long-dead ex-wife of the man who built it. Was it her, perhaps, that stroked her hand down my back last night? Your advice and opinion will be welcomed. I was shown a picture of the hotel being left empty for the winter, and in it you can see a picture of one of the windows. Oh. I haven't sent it. It goes to a different school. Yeah, where is that bloody picture? The story goes that it's her and that has he haunts the hotel to this day. That it is her and that has he haunts the hotel to this day. Spooky. Has he haunts the hotel? Has haunt. Anyway, it's an interesting place. You've made it sound <laughs> fascinating. And perhaps somewhere you could visit for research purposes. I'd love to. There's a decent bar in the basement, if anything. Literally. Literally. Cheers, <laughs> George from London. It's George Webb. Let's get him on the oh, bloody phone God. right now. Quite literally. Uh, George, we've heard the story. Quite a lot of build-up. Lot of detail. Lot of detail. <laughs> when you you were with other people who you were expecting to sort of, you know, trick you, play pranks, what have you. Which other people, please answer? Uh, well, it was it was it was a work trip at the time, so it was sort of a mix of uh, colleagues and people. You sort of. Uh, you know, you behave in front of really. Okay. So it was kind of a difficult, cra- tough crowd, I'd say. Just, just rewinding a little bit, uh, George, a works trip might be to have some food at the local taverna at Christmas. It might be what <laughs> Linda did the other day to throw a few balls at each other in the name of trust games. <laughs> what sort of industry, and can I get into it, will take you off to New Hampshire, wherever the hell it was? It, it, it's um, insurance, actually. So, oh, yeah. actually, oh, I tell you what, I tell you what, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, George, I do have an insurance. You're going to hang up. 
I have, honestly, this is true. I was just speaking to Linda just now about an insurance issue, wasn't yeah, I? I'm not sure you want to complain about it. No, but I might no. I might speak to you about an insurance issue with my property. Let's get on with it. Did you see a bloody gun? <laughs> well, I, th- I, th- I, don't, I don't think I, s- I didn't see anything, but um, I certainly felt um, felt something. And, yes. um, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't rationally explain it really. And that's the thing that, that's the, that's that what compelled me to contact you in. Did did you when so look, is there a chance that it was you mentioned the curtains, could they have been bellowing bellowing, billowing 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 uh, and touched you on the back, sack and crack <laughs> in the night when you got no. out of bed? No. No, no, I no. was I you know, I was I was I was I wasn't um I wasn't fully nude, um so there wouldn't have been any of that. But um no, no I I I, re- I was nowhere near the curtains, I was nowhere near anything really, so it, it it sort of came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, so it was it was all very very strange. Linda, are you sure you were fully awake, George? Could you have been in a a, a, a moment of um, transitory uh, dreamlike state? Oh, have a listen to old Doctor Magnus Pike here. Don't know don't oh, know much. Yeah. She got all the buzzwords. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, no, I was I was def- I was definitely awake. Definitely awake. You know, I turn I turn the. The telly on afterwards and uh, and watch that. So I wasn't I wasn't imagining golf imagining that. So yeah, it golf, was all golf. very yeah very uh, the golf, I yeah. like that. I liked I like that detail about the golf. We both picked up on that. Yes. It's a golf channel. Me thinks she protests too much. Do you think? Yeah. Is, is it a bit like you know giving this? The there was detail. a hole in one. Let's put it that there way. There's a hole in one. Tell me, listen, George. <laughs> so. When you felt a hand on your back, how was that distinct from... Could you feel fingers? Yeah, could you feel fingers? Or was it a lampshade? I mean, how do you know it was a hand, you soppy sod? Well, I mean, I mean, if, if the only reason I think it's a hand in retrospect is after hearing, you know, hearing the story, but it, it went down my back. It didn't It didn't Ooh. stay in one position. It, it, it went there were no from obvious sort of top digits to bottom. Play. Did you feel a digit? It, I could feel... I, I <laughs> in your no, third no, no. It was all very. It was all very. It was all very clean. It was all very clean. Um, did, yeah, did it was you... just. A, it was just. A, it was a light touch. Okay, mm, oh, just, flutter, lady just, flutter. Just the way I like it. <laughs> uh, George, have you ever heard the, this podcast before? Because there was a story about a lady who gave me a massage, and she put her fingers very lightly down my back and traced my the curvature of my spine right the way to the top of my buttocks but we were on a cross channel ferry and it nearly slipped up where the sun don't shine mm, nearly reset you didn't nearly you? nearly pressed me reset button uh was yeah, well, it was it like that yeah. was she trying to tickle your fancy or what what do you think it was it wasn't scary I, I didn't i mean it was scary obviously but it wasn't i didn't feel like i was some something was trying to intimidate me necessarily but the the, the backstory of the of, of who it could have been yes um it, it is intriguing because it you know it was I, I mentioned the princess it was the the ex-wife of the person who built the hotel he she married a prince uh, and became a princess um and she's one of the ghosts there George, George, George. what a what a vague story in america she married a prince and became a princess which prince is it the american royal family we're talking about it's Daddy not rubbish which prince it was, it, it was it was prince i don't know his, i don't know his name but he, she married a she 
She married a prince. Okay. Did they say she married a prince? Okay. She married a prince. She became a real princess. She fell down the lift shaft. I I think that it does sound a little bit like something you might do to attract. And I'm playing devil's advocate because you know I believe this stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Say yeah, it, yeah. But, but, but come armed with some facts, George. I mean, well, I mean, vague, I'll give you some, I'll give you, I can give you some. I can reel off some facts if you like. Okay. If you want do, me to do, really. d- 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 do, do, George, do. Okay, I've, I've got notes. Um, constructed 1900, Joseph uh, Stickney. His wife, Carolyn Stickney, she was the one, uh, she, she, then ex-wife, because he died after the construction of the uh, of the hotel. And then she married, she married a prince. Which prince, please? I don't know his name, actually. But that, oh. that doesn't mean he didn't exist. Because, um, you know, I didn't know him. You know, it, there, was, there was a prince. This is a, I think this is a matter of, what do they call it? A matter of record. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, uh, she remained a princess. She died, and she remains in the hotel. And they, and you'll like this because they say it was originally a summer paradise, the hotel. Yes. And now they call it a, a paranormal paradise. Of course they do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is wafer thin. They've oh, had you, George. They've had you. Wafer thin. Well, I'm with you. I'm sort of with you, Linda, because I, I, I'm, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not really a true believer, obviously, um, but I'm, I'm getting that way, and I just can't, I can't explain this one, you know. Um, so yeah, right. okay. It is. I realise it's, it's uh, slightly, uh, slightly, uh, slightly thin, but, it, but it happens. Slightly, no way slightly, of, uh, slightly thin, slightly thin. <laughs> yeah, slightly thin. Uh, well, George, <laughs> that will be. Let's say it's going to be in the lower reaches of, of the top fifty <laughs> stories we've heard in this series. <laughs> Um, it's, it's number one in the stories today. It's number one of the stories we've heard today, oh. and I dare say, if you go oh, to a dinner good. party, let's imagine people really pissed, tired, all the conversations <laughs> worn down. You can distract them with all that radiator talk, and you're snoring. There might be a radiator. What are the descriptions? There might be someone who's interested in insurance or radiators <laughs> that gleans something from this, <laughs> or, or princes and princesses royalty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, please, please, please do though. Look up the hotel. I mean, you know, listeners, etc. You know, I mean, it You're is, not doing it is the research, mate. Yeah. You should have done it before you came on. <laughs> look up the hotel. What do you think this is? The bloody library. <laughs> We're not no, going to be looking. No. Oh yeah, Linda, just go over to my hotel uh, shelf there. I'll look go to the, the hotelopedia. Hotelopedia there. Well, George, <laughs> this has was, been charming. Yeah. This has been charming. Good luck with everything. Well, thank you. Uh, don't don't phone again. Watch and your back. Watch your back. All right, mate. Right. We'll and do. Your All the best. And your crack. <laughs> All right, George. Lots of love. Thanks, son. Bye, George. Bye. 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 Bye, bye. Bye. Let me have to stop right, like here. Well, this is quite. I'd say, but I don't know, it's, 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 it's a sort of sad occasion because we're coming to the end of this series, yeah. right? But what it doesn't mean we're not going to be back. We will be back. But ladies and gentlemen, I've got to go on tour, haven't I? I'm doing a tour all over the country. I can't do it all. I've got to write the tour, bloody perform the tour. You've got a life to live. I've got a life, haven't I? But what I'm telling you is there's so much for you to enjoy while we're away. We'll be back soon, don't worry. We got for all the Patreons, not you, other people don't pay for anything, we will have radio and online video recordings. I'll be giving you the odd tour video from all of the country. Emphasis on the word odd. 
odd tour videos, gig discounts. It's just a few giant Patreon for only a fiver a month. You all get the best bit edits from Series 6. In fact, six entire series since 2018, right? I would say that half of you people probably not even heard the first few series, one to, well, maybe one to five, as far as I know, which are bloody superb. Totally different format from this one. Stick with us, please, on Patreon for the new season, which will be coming up. And if you join us, you will be able to access the new episodes eight weeks, fully eight weeks before anyone else. Not not five weeks, it currently is eight weeks. Don't forget, you can also get a seven-day free trial. And it's only a fiver. What can you buy with a fiver? Not a coffee at Costa. Not a, one coffee. One coffee at Bloody yeah. Costa. So we will be back next year. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when, but it won't be long. Linda, yeah. will you p- please say you'll come back? I probably will, yeah. What do you mean you probably will? Well, you know, unless... <clears throat> unless what? Well, unless... Uh, well, unless... unless you, never, you never can tell. It's going to be a new year... Okay, well, it won't be a new me. I'll probably come back. Will it be depend on if a ghost comes up to me and says I'm real? Then will you come back? Oh, almost certainly, yes. Okay, well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back soon. Just before I go, I did. I know you do like Ruth. She sent a little message to everyone out there, which is this. Hello, everybody. This is Ruth. Happy Christmas. Remember that Clinton's spending it with me, so keep your naughty hands off. That includes you, Santa. And you're spending it with me, and we're going to be away for a while because we're coming back soon, but not immediately. So happy Christmas and happy New Year. So until next time, don't worry, we will be back. (laughs) Yes, we will. We will be back. Linda... Happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, and try not to shit yourselves. Yeah, try not to shit yourselves. That's the the main takeaway. If you see a ghost, above all, do not shit yourselves. But write into us and we'll cover it on the next series. All right, until next time, Happy Christmas, Happy New Year. Love each and every one of you, especially the ones who pay for Patreon. Mostly them. Mostly them. The others, not not so bothered about. All right, (laughs) lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Linda, The 100 Club, The Beef Eaters from the Tower of London, George Webb, to Ruth, to the wonderful Laurie and Kat at Peter's Fox, who edit and produce this masterpiece, and to Glow for this gorgeous play-out music. And thanks to you, above all, for supporting us throughout Series 6. See you soon, guys. Namaste. Do not forget, we're doing shows, live shows, at the 100 Club. 
Sunday the 28th of January, doors at 6.30. Sunday, February the 11th, doors at 6.30, show at 7. You're going to love it. Where there's music, there's comedy, there's me. There's a chance for you to tell your ghostly stories. You've heard them on here. We'll play them out on the podcast. You're going to love it. Please go to wegottickets.com uh, and look for Clinton Baptist Sunday Seance and for God's sake, don't forget I'm going on tour all over the country. My UK solo stand-up tour, Roller Ghoster. For tickets for that, go to clintonbaptiste.com forward slash tour. That's enough of the hard sell. Go about your day. Thank you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yeah, right. Clinton Baptiste here, offering you the chance to enjoy my Patreon podcast for free for seven days. So many people have been joining me over there. It's a shame that you're not. Uh, we've got videos, cartoons, we've got uh, all sorts of stuff, uh, uh, all the old back catalogue, and a chance for exclusive dibs on tickets before anyone else. Please come to patreon.com forward slash Clinton Baptiste. All right, spirit fading now. See you there. Fady Nail.